Success Stalkers Podcast, Episode 83 with Craig Daigle, Master Certified Fitness and Nutrition Coach with Beachbody. Welcome to the Success Stalker Show with Iona Garrett Fitzgiles. People all over the globe are rewriting the rules to success. They are making money and changing the world. Join Iona as she interviews today's top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and entertainers that will leave you inspired to take action and achieve success on purpose. So if you're ready, here is your host of the Success Stalker Show, Iona Garrett Fitzgiles. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Success Stalkers Podcast. Today, I'm talking with my guest and my friend, Craig Daigle. Craig and I met just around six weeks ago on Clubhouse through another mutual friend. And I'm telling you, we have instantly become friends. And in this episode, you'll understand why. Craig has an incredible story of triumph, transparency, and transformation. He's real, he's raw, and he's unfiltered. A certified master coach of fitness, nutrition, and top leader with Beachbody. But he's affectionately loved and known as the unfiltered life coach. And I can't wait for you to hear his story. So let's get into it. Welcome to Success Stalkers, Craig. I'm so excited to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, sister. Oh, you're so welcome. I, I'm I'm honored. So, so before we get started, we have a model here at Success Talkers Podcast, right? And our model is until you have become successful, stalk those who already are. So can we stalk you today, Craig? 100%. Let's do it. <laughs> so Craig, so tell us, where are you right now? Where do you reside? So right now, I currently live just outside of Oklahoma City. But my entire life, I was born and raised um, in the Massachusetts, and I lived in New Hampshire. So I lived in New England my entire life up until basically two years ago. Wow, that's a big change, huh? Huge change, huge change. And, uh, you know, often people ask me, what the heck brought you to Oklahoma? (laughs) (laughs) And long story short, um, God brought my amazing wife that I have now into my life and she's from here and, you know, leading up to getting here has been nothing short of absolutely incredible and amazing. I'm highly blessed and, and highly favored and I, I couldn't be happier. That is so awesome. I love it. Well, listen, we're going to dive deeper into this conversation today because you are such an amazing human being, Craig. I just simply adore you, my husband and I, we really, really do. Um, but before we do, can you share a success quote that, you know, with us, that's really inspiring you right now or how it's impacted you? So I have one that has stuck with me for the last five years during my journey. And that comes from Marcus Aurelius. And that quote is simply, you do not have control of outside events. When you realize this, you find strength. And for me, I'm just going to unpack it a little bit to give you, you know, how I've integrated that into my life. We don't win every single day, Iona. And when I start my days with gratitude, when I start my days 
knowing that I don't have control of everything that, you know, it's, it's in God's hands. There are things that I have control over. And the main thing that I have control over is how I react to the things that happen to me throughout my day, throughout my week, throughout my life. And the realization that I came to for the last five years coming out of all the things that I've come out of to be where I am is that life is literally 10% what happens to us and 90% how we react to it. So for me to know what I have control over and to be able to control the controllable has truly been a saving grace in my life. It doesn't mean that I win all the time. It doesn't mean that I'm perfect. I don't always get it right. But more often than not, when I'm rooted in gratitude, when I'm rooted in being able to functionally be intentional and look at what in my life I have control over and take care of those actions, then I'm more successful throughout my, my day, my week, my month, and my years. That is so powerful. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Greg. That is- You're really welcome. Cool. Truly, I, I'm so glad this this is being recorded because I, I I love taking notes, but it's it's kind of hard to take notes and listen and process <laughs> everything. So I definitely will be going back and listening to this podcast myself so I can write all this stuff down. So wow, thank you so much. So listen, I'm always intrigued, you know, about how successful people start their day. So how does your morning look, Craig? How do you get started every day? So for the last year, it's, it's been weird because my schedule's flipped. I, I work nights. I work full-time night shift. Um, but let's forget about, you know, our day as times and night and day and with sun up and sundown. Let's look at when we wake, okay? The moment I wake up and, you know, if you had asked me about this five years ago, the, the stubborn, egotistical alpha male in me would have laughed at you um, if you told me to start my day with gratitude, right? <laughs> but when I start my day, from the moment I wake up, I, I start my day on w- what I, I like to call airplane mode. And, you know, my mentors and people that are successful that I, that I emulate, because I stalk successful people too, mm-hmm. um, they start their day on airplane mode. And, and what that means is, turn your phone literally on airplane mode. The moment you wake up, you should not be reaching for social media, reaching for um, outward approval or validation and things, opening emails, you know, my family and, and the people around me, right. They're already next to me. So there's nothing that I can solve the minute I wake up regardless. So what I do is I wake up and I literally just thank God for another day alive because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. So I say, thank you, God, for another day alive. Thank you for these legs that are about to get me out of bed because there are some people that are not capable of that today. Thank you for allowing me the ability to work on personal growth and work my mindset because some people in this earth do not have the mental capacity of doing so. Thank you for putting me where I am for creating me with a purpose for a purpose, I'm going to make myself and everybody around me proud today. And when I start my day like that, it keeps me so grounded and rooted. It just, and, and again, it doesn't mean that I win every day. It just means that when I start my day like that, right? It's not a matter of if life will happen or when, it, it's, it's going to. Like, I know that it will. But when I have a day rooted in gratitude and and rooted in the fact that I'm grateful for the day to be alive, I'm not searching for gratitude later on as life happens around me, as those outside events that I can't control happen. It helps me stay intentional and react properly as they come. 
I love that philosophy. I was just about to say the word intentional. So, you know, hearing mm. you, it, it's all about intention and you definitely are setting an intention every single day. Um, I know our listeners are going to learn so much and be able to take away a lot from just from that. So thank you so much for sharing that. Well, you know, Craig, one of my goals, absolutely. One of my goals is to bring on incredible guests, you know, like yourself, people who are out there making a difference, impacting the world and creating success for themselves. So here at Success Talkers, we're all about the journey, the successes, and even the failures. So let's talk about that. Can you take a few minutes and tell us a little more about you and your background and even maybe how you got started with your company? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to make this as brief as possible so that it's enjoyable for a listener. But Don't take your time. The first time, the first time that I became a father, changed everything for me. So in 2006, I became a father. And that was a defining moment for me that really kind of grounded me. And it, it made me slow down, it made me more patient. And um, his mother and I, our relationship didn't work out. I, I, I found out that she was unfaithful. And we ended up separating. And six months later, I found myself a full time single father of, of one. And my son, he's, he's now 14, um, you know, and he was with me through the thick of everything. Um, a couple of years after that, I was going through all kinds of depression, you know, trying to be a single father. And I mean, a full-time single father, I had full-time physical custody, full-time custodial uh, rights and everything. Um, you know, we did have a relationship with his mom and whatnot, but I turned to food. I, I developed a very unhealthy relationship with food. And a lot of it stemmed from my childhood. It was things that my parents did that they didn't know that they did. I, I grew up uh, very poor in the low income spectrum. My parents had me at a young age. And for them, like going to McDonald's for a 99 cent or a dollar 99 happy meal was, was a prize for, for us as children. It was, you know, going to McDonald's was a treat and, you know, it was a treat that happened often. So then as I grew older, I recognized that uh, I developed a relationship with food as a treat, as emotional response to things that were going on. So I started doing that. I started treating food as a reward or as a repair when I was sad or if I was angry or it just became an emotional response. I ended up gaining uh, well over 200 pounds. Um, I topped out just over 400 pounds at one point in my life. And in 2008, I ended up meeting um, a woman who came into my life. She brought with her two daughters. One was born with a genetic disorder that she wasn't. Um, it's, it's a very rare genetic disorder. She, she wasn't supposed to live. Um, and she had a, another daughter who was two. So the, the daughter with the genetic disorder was uh, like seven years old. And her other daughter was two, who was a year older than my son. So we, we literally, we, we were, you know, inseparable. We, we had children about the same age. Uh, while we were dating, she, she lost her, her daughter that was born with a genetic disorder. Um, she passed away. She passed away at seven. And, you know, we continued to date. Um, we were together for eight years and three of those years we were married. We ended up having a child together. Uh, my middle, my middle son, who will be nine this May, and during that eight years, um, there were so many times that I lived through and endured domestic violence on the receiving end, mostly verbal, 
There were times that it was extremely physical. There were times where cops came and every time the cops came to the house, I was automatically handcuffed as a very large uh, man. And my, my ex-wife being five foot, even maybe a hundred pounds soaking wet. Um, I was always assumed to be the person, you know, causing the altercation, causing the domestic or causing the things. If it wasn't for my children, I don't know that I would be able to share this story. They were the ones that would share with, you know, the authorities that, you know, my dad didn't do anything. My dad was, you know, trying to deescalate it. I mean, they didn't use those words, but through talking to the children, they would figure it out. Mm -hmm. That went on for eight years. And August 11th of 2015, I had my last and final domestic with my ex-wife and I found myself a single father of three children. Um, my stepdaughter who was 11 at the time, um, my, my son who was 10 and then my youngest who was three. And I was well over 400 pounds and I was completely broken. I was destroyed. I went through so many criminal cases and divorce started to to ensue. And I had custody of children and I was just trying to get by. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know what to do. I was completely broken. And I just kind of stayed afloat and fought through um, everything that I could up until November, the very beginning of November, I received notice that there was a guardianship case for my stepdaughter. My soon to be at the time ex-wife had went in and filed paperwork to sign custody and rights over to her parents. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't have legal counsel. I went to court. I tried to fight. I tried to do everything that I could to keep our family together. And I was basically told that I had no rights as a step parent. And that broke me. That literally, that was like rock bottom. I didn't know what to do. I I just knew that I couldn't give up and I wanted to at least fight and I wanted to at least try to keep us together. And they, they removed my stepdaughter of eight years from our life and basically kept her from us. So I, I still have seen her maybe a handful of times in the past, you know, five, five or six years now going on. And I was extremely broken and I just kept telling myself, you know what, New Year's, New Year's, I'm going to change my, my life. Um, I, I was already making a New Year's resolution. This, I'm in November and I'm already looking at January at this point. It's, you know, it's, it's going to be this, this reawakening for me. I'm, I'm taking my life back. I'm, you know, I'm gung ho. I feel it inside my body. Like I feel the pull, my willingness to change has become greater than my acceptance of the way life is at this moment. And that's when it happened. I just kind of reached out to my social media. It was like a cry for help. And I didn't know what to do. I was a single father. I worked 60 to 70 hours a week, sometimes 80. Uh, my children were in childcare. Um, I was living in an apartment. My, my bills were, were late 30 to 60 days. I never let them go into collection. I was receiving an eviction notice every single month. My rent was late. Um, I was unsuccessfully evicted, I say for, for two years. Um, and I didn't know what to do. And I just kind of posted on my Facebook page. I said, does anybody have an at-home workout DVD that I can borrow? 
And a woman that I worked with, her name was Sarah. Um, she, she commented on the thread and she said, I have one. I'll bring it to work. I'll bring it to the hospital. I was working at the, at a hospital at that time in engineering. And she said, I'll bring it to work and you can, you can borrow it. Right. And I got, I got it home and this was like the tail end of November, 2015, just before Thanksgiving. And I put it on the table and I remember like, it was like, Right after Thanksgiving, I remember leaving it on the table and saying, oh, man, January 1st. I, I was saying it again. <laughs> New Year's. New Year's resolution, right? And, and let's call New Year's resolution what it actually is. It's a promise that we make to ourselves that we intend to break. Right. <laughs> that's, that's ultimately what it is. Every freaking year, you know, more than 80% of people make a New Year's resolution and within two weeks, they give up on it. And <laughs> so true. I, you know, I had been part of that statistic, Iona, for eight years, for eight years, I tried everything, you know, I, I, I dieted, I yo-yo dieted, I did uh, Garcina Cambogia. If you've seen anything on Dr. Oz and in, in, uh, on TV from like 2006 to 2015, I had tried it. I, I did uh, ephedra. I did all kinds of different things, fat burners, um, you know, green tea extract. I, I did everything. I, and, and I tried a lot of other, um, network marketing companies out there that, you know, claimed that they were going to help you. And, and I think the biggest problem for me at the time was I kept telling myself I was willing to do anything. And the problem was it was a lie. I, own. I, I was willing to do anything that claimed it would change me overnight without me having to work for it. Okay, I wasn't willing to put in the effort. So I'm, I'm putting this down on the table and, you know, a couple days go by and the morning of December 1st, 2015, I, I went to bed that night. I was suffering from bad cholesterol, high blood pressure, um, not being able to tie my own shoes on my feet. I was over 400 pounds. And I remember putting my CPAP on because I had severe sleep apnea. And that night I put my CPAP on and I went to bed. Well, another thing that I suffered from was severe acid reflux. And I went to bed that night after binge eating again, um, because that was my life. I just emotionally ate. I would overeat. I would eat late right before I went to bed. And I woke up that morning at like 3.30 in the morning, 4 a.m., somewhere in there. And I woke up and I couldn't breathe. I was choking. I was choking in my CPAP machine. And I, I couldn't breathe and I was struggling. I remember waking up and flailing my arms and just feeling like a turtle on my back. I could not get out of bed fast enough because I was, I was so awkward, overweight, uncomfortable, uncoordinated. My range of motion was gone. I was just this, this giant obese man laying in bed attached to a leash on a mask that blew air into my lungs so that I could live and stay alive. And, you know, that's no way to go through life. And I remember pulling the machine off the nightstand and running to the bathroom. And at the time I lived in a small apartment, it was probably 750 square feet. And I got into the bathroom and I, I was kneeling on the floor in front of the toilet and just like heaving and trying to breathe. And I couldn't breathe. And whether, whether you have a relationship with God or not, whether it's the universe or whatever you have, when you have nothing left as human beings, we begin to pray. We petition for our life. We petition for uh, forgiveness. We petition for a uh, savior, our savior to come and scoop us up. And I remember kneeling on the floor and just praying to God to give me a second chance. And 
I got up, I pulled myself up on the vanity. I, I got my mouth underneath the faucet. And I remember still not breathing, but forcing water down my throat, opening the medicine cabinet and eating an entire sleeve of antacids. And it's the scariest thought when I look back on it, I couldn't breathe. And here I am forcing water and antacids down my throat to try and be able to breathe. It makes zero sense, but it, it worked. And I remember, and it felt like an eternity. It was probably maybe a couple of minutes, but it felt like forever. And I remember when my lungs filled with air, that first breath, and I was staring at myself in the mirror and I suddenly started to breathe again and I'm breathing and my heart is racing and I'm staring at myself in the mirror and I just, I just openly had a conversation with myself. And I said, bro, something has to change. If you don't do something soon, your children are going to be without a father. Hmm. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror and just being embarrassed and disgusted with who I had become and, and, and where my life was. And I didn't know what to do. I was scared. I was, I had so much fear in my eyes and I just looked at myself and I walked back into my bedroom. I grabbed my cell phone and I took a picture of myself and I said to myself, this, this picture, this is the last time I'm going to look and feel like this. And I walked out into the living room and I put in that at home workout DVD, uh, that my friend had given me and I'll tell you what, five minutes in, I friggin' hated the lady that was modifying. I couldn't even follow the lady that did the lower impact exercise. I was, I was cursing her. I was just swearing up a storm. I remember I couldn't do any of the moves. I was uncoordinated. I mean, I'm a 400 pound man in this tiny living room of this apartment trying to do this, uh, you know, insane cardio workout yeah. that you know, everybody in the program is fit. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, you know what, um, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? And I just thought to myself, you know what, march in place. Even if you can't keep up with them, doing something is better than nothing. And I did. I basically just stayed upright and marched in place for 25 minutes. And when I finished, I was like, man, that was the hardest 25 minutes of my life. But I said this right after. And it was like a day of talking to myself. I swear it's cheaper than therapy. I just talked to myself and and I worked my way through it. And I said, that was hard. It was probably the hardest 25 minutes of my life. But being hard, overweight, miserable, depressed, and embarrassed is hard 24 hours a day. You're going to choose your heart. And this is where it's going to be. And I just started showing up for myself. And I remember posting on social, social media that I was taking my life back. I basically just declared it publicly. And that was a defining moment for me because I basically called myself on my own BS. I basically said, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm publicly doing it. And you can watch me. You can cheer me on. I don't care what you do. I'm doing it anyways. And the rest of the month, I just remember every morning I intentionally got up at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning as a reminder to myself to work on myself before my children got out of bed, before I made their lunch, before I got them off to school every single day. And leading up to the end of December, my little sister um, invested in me and the company who made the workout DVDs that I was doing, um, they also offered supplements. And at the time, I, you know, I had a 
a very limited mindset on them. I thought that I could just do things my way. I didn't believe in supplements because, you know, as an obese man who had tried everything, I, I just, I assumed everything out there was a gimmick. You know, I wasn't knowledgeable about everything that was available. There are some great things available, not just with what I do, but, you know, I always tell people, find what works for you and something that you're passionate about and you'll, you'll never fail. You'll be able to stay with it. And she invested in me. She invested in me and I'll never forget the, the buzzer rang for the door and I walked down the hall from my apartment and I get to the hall and I open the door and there's the mailman and he's standing there and he's holding this green box, you know, and it's, it's got the label on it and I know what it is. It's, and I just, I started crying uh, in front of this grown ass man in this, in this little hallway of my apartment. And he's looking at me and he don't know what's going on. And <laughs> I'm in tears. And then he's kind of like emotional. He does. And, and I just said, thank you to him. And, and I remember, um, you know, going into New Year's, having a month under my belt and realizing that I didn't have to wait for uh, a, a January 1st. I didn't have to wait for a magical time. What I needed was I needed my willingness to change, be greater than my acceptance of the way my life was. And fortunately or not fortunately for me, I had my life flash before my eyes. And, and that I strongly believe when your back is against the wall is when you'll be most successful. And when we look at successful people or even just think about heroes, like we talked about recently, you and I, um, you know, heroes have that, that backstory that, you know, that stuff they went through. And I think most successful people have to have that. You have to be broken before you can know what it feels like to be whole. So Absolutely. The end of January comes and I'm realizing that, you know, this, this added nutrition to my day, this, you know, this total nutrition supplement that I'm using is helping me change the game in my life. It's, you know, it's it, at the time it had become, you know, my multivitamin, it was filling in all the nutritional gaps that I missed. And I, and I didn't realize how important it was for me to fuel my body correctly. Um, I started eating healthy, you know, right off the bat because you can't outwork a poor diet. I knew that I had tried that for 10 years uh, prior and I learned that, you know, good nutrition and, and overcoming my food addiction and binge eating and all the things that I had done for, you know, the, the bad relationship that I had with food, that it was going to help me. But I realized that I was broke. I own a, like I was a broke single dad of two at the time, uh, paying for childcare, working. And, and when I say single parent, um, I don't mean like, you know, I was a single parent and my mom and dad lived down the street and I could ask them to pick up the kids if I had to work late or something. Um, I lived in New Hampshire and my immediate family lived in Arizona. So I didn't have access to, you know, immediate family all the time for help. I mean, I did have, you know, family and friends local that were like my emergency back backup source when I truly needed them, but you never want to use that emergency unless it's an emergency. Right. So, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to be able to afford to, you know, sustain my life. And it's funny, you know, we have all of these excuses that we, we use in life. And that's, this is what separates successful people from unsuccessful people is you will, if you're finding a reason not to do something, you will always find a reason. You will always be searching for a reason. You'll always come up with one and you'll always believe it. You subliminally will make it happen. 
And for me, it was time, money, um, you know, accessibility to things. And I, I just kept on having a terrible mindset with money coming, growing up poor, being poor, going through all the stuff and divorce and the things that I was going through. Money was a hard thing for me. And I stopped and I thought about it. I'm like, all right, how am I going to be able to do this? And I looked at my finances and at the time I had a energy drink habit because I wasn't sleeping, you know, I was running ragged. I was trying to do so much as a single parent. Mm -hmm. I was drinking uh, monster energy drinks, two of them a day or four of them a day at two for four bucks or $8 a day. So roughly, roughly I would drink four of them. Okay. Now, mind you, I'm broke, (laughs) but yet I had the finances to spend $8 a day. That's $240 a month on energy drinks. Wow. And and it made zero sense. So I was like, okay, if I cut this hit that I'm going to save myself $240 a month. And if I do that, I'm going to be able to, you know, afford to add this nutritional supplement in because this was a meal a day for me for 30 days. I just paid up front for it. So I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to, you know, order it. And they offered like an affiliate program, you know, as network marketing, you could sign up as a preferred account. And it didn't mean that you did anything with it. You just, you got 25% off. Um, Exactly. But there was an opportunity that you could grow a business if you wanted to. I had zero intentions whatsoever of, you know, being, being a coach or helping other people or navigating people through the programs and, and products that we have. But I had a credit card and this was like the most irresponsible thing that I did that saved my life. <laughs> I always say it was irresponsible because I didn't know, how, Iona, I didn't know how I was going to feed my kids. And I didn't know if I'd have enough money for gas. I was receiving eviction notices and I had a credit card. And it literally had $145 left on it before it was maxed out. And I was just leaving it there in case. And I, and I, and I always said in case stuff, mm-hmm. in case stuff happens, because mm-hmm. you don't know, you don't, you don't know what's going to happen, right? Yeah, you never Back know. to the beginning of what we said, we don't have control over outside events. Right. So I took this credit card and I, I signed up, I signed up, it was $142. I basically maxed out the credit card. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I, I did. And I signed up and, you know, I ordered my next 30 days worth of, you know, total nutrition that I was using and I was terrified and I'm like, this is crazy. And, you know, my relationship with God then isn't what it is now, but I was still talking to him. I was still praying and stuff. And I remember saying, just make this work for me, whatever it takes, however it's going to be. I submit to it. It's your will, not mine. And the month of February, um, I ended up helping like eight people get started. And what that did for me was it brought commission sales into my life in the sum of, you know, almost a thousand dollars at this point because of the way that, you know, the compensation plan works. And I'm not, I wasn't guaranteed anything. I wasn't guaranteed a single thing. Mm-hmm. You're never guaranteed, no matter what company, what, and I don't care what company it is, what network marketing company it is, whatever they tell you, if they tell you, oh, you can make this much a month, like it's not true. Like you're not guaranteed anything. It's all 
dependent on your diligence and your work ethic and how well you do what you do. And Absolutely. I, I was so fortunate, Iona, that 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 money that I made paid my rent and it paid my car payment um, or it helped me pay both of those, I should say, because it didn't cover the whole thing. But I didn't know where that money was going to come from. Wow. And I was like, well, wait a minute. How is this working and why? And I ultimately realized, you know, it was because I was authentically sharing myself unapologetically, raw, honest, and unfiltered. And that's why I branded myself the unfiltered life coach ah, because, okay. because I just didn't hold back. I shared my story the way that my story needed to be shared. And I shared it from a place of humility and being humble and knowing that, you know, I don't have all my stuff together, but you know what? Nobody needs to. You just need to start. And through all of that, I began, you know, navigating things. And I didn't get to where I am right away. It took me, I mean, it's taken me five years to get here. And it's it's been a complete process of forgiveness, humility, and empowerment. But the biggest thing, and I want to share this um, before we move to the next thing, is, is this. I didn't fully become what I feel is successful in my life. Like I don't make a million dollars. I find that I am successful. I've saved my life and I've helped other people save their life. To me, I'm successful. I could Absolutely. throw it all. I could throw it all away right now and, and be happy and content with my life. And I've built a legacy in what I've done. But the most powerful and hardest thing that I ever did was I took ownership and I don't just mean about my health. I mean, I took ownership in my life, Iona. Like, I came to the realization that through the years of domestic violence that I went through and through everything that I endured in my life, it was my responsibility. And people don't fully understand that. Like, I've had people <laughs> try to argue with me and be like, well, it's not your fault that you lived in domestic violence. And, and I tell people, I'm like, it is, though. It was my responsibility. I teach people what I'm willing to accept. I taught my ex-wife how to respect me. I taught my ex-wife what I was willing to put up with. I taught her what I was willing to live through. I teach people through communication and how to respect me, who I am as a person. And the, the three pillars of success, they're very simple. Um, it's mindset. It doesn't mean you're going to win every day, but when you work on it, when you have a positive mindset and a, and a grateful mindset, it helps keep you grounded. Okay. And these are in no particular order. These, these are just three things that I live by to be successful is, is work your mindset, be, be grateful, be as positive as possible. Um, it doesn't mean you win every day. Just, you know, be in gratitude. OQP, only quality people. Okay. When you keep quality people in your life, that means like getting yourself out of domestic violence, leaving a job where you're uninspired and, and not treated well, um, moving out of the environments that you're in, you know, only keep quality people around. I tell people, if you want to see your future, show me your friends, because at the end of the day, whoever you hang out with, that's why they say you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with, right? There's a reason for that saying, and the most important pillar of the three rules to success for me is communication, how you speak. The moment you open your mouth is how you show people 
who you are. And you got to really ask yourself, how do you want to show yourself to the world? How do you want to be seen? And we live in an era right now where, you know, everything is digitally saved. Even just this podcast that we're speaking on, um, you know, posts on social media, Mm -hmm. events that have been recorded that I've shared. These are things that my children's children's children will be able to watch, hear, and listen to long after I'm gone. Yes. And know that their father, their grandfather, their great-grandfather built a legacy founded on loving other people. And, and that's where I'm at now. That's where I'm at now, Iona. Wow. Craig, I sit here, as I sit here and listen to you, I, you know, I, I thought I knew, you know, a lot about you, but just, you know, having this conversation with you today is just, it is just so riveting because I didn't realize, you know, I always call you my brother, right? For those who are listening, yeah. I always say, you know, he's my brother from another mother. And <laughs> you truly are because I listen to your story. And it's like, I don't really know a lot of men who have been through what you've been through. I've been down that road as a woman. You know, I was married to a man who abused me um, and we raised a daughter together who I absolutely adored and loved. And, you know, when we separated after eight years, you know, she was taken from me and I had no custodial rights to her. And for the next four to five years, we didn't have any communication at all. Mm. And it tore me up. So when I listen to your story, you know, I'm actually like trying to fight back tears because I know that pain and I I was there too. And, you know, even the, the abuse, you know, and the police coming and just, just so many things. So, but, but I don't know a lot of men who could have been, you know, you know, who would have been stayed as long as you did, you know, of course, but to endure what you've endured and to be the man that you are today, it is just truly, truly incredible, you know, and I know, I know a lot about network marketing too. I'm so happy that you found, you know, Mm. your company because I always say network marketing changed my life because I've also been a part of a few network marketing companies myself. And, you know, I, I made some decent money, you know, in those companies, but what I, what I got more from those companies was personal development. I mean, it was was just like, I feel like every person on the planet should, should be a a part of some network marketing company because the, the training, the personal growth and development that you get is just second to none. And, and it started me on my journey. Like that was a little bit over 17 years ago. You know, Dexter Sapp, Dexter Sapp was one of the first people that got involved in, in network marketing. And so I'm, I'm so grateful to him. So you always hear me like thanking him all the time because it's what helped me. You know, he changed my life. The company changed my life, you know, and it just really brought me closer to God. Fast forward, you know, I'm, I'm out of all that craziness, you know, that I, that I just spoke about, but you know, God has really just, you know, catapulted me to this place to where we are here today. Now we're actually talking on a podcast. We didn't even know each other. Like what, five weeks ago? Yeah. Was it, it's been about yeah. maybe five weeks, I guess, um, that we met yeah. on, on Clubhouse. And it's like, here we are, you know, sharing our story. And I have to say this to you, Craig, you inspire me so much to, to become more visible 
and to mm. share my story because for many, many years, I was ashamed, right? To share those things, mm. you know, that happened to me, so many things. And so when I listen to you, I love, I love that you're unfiltered, right? The unfiltered life coach mm-hmm. and you share your story and you're, it's, it's raw, but it's real. And, and I really aspire to be like you, just so you know. I appreciate that so much. And you know what? That's that's the thing is I always pray that my words uh, reach the right people. I pray that when I speak, people hear what I what they need to hear. And they're not my words. They're they're your words that were given to you. Like literally, I feel like God speaks through me. It's a humbling, it's a humbling, humbling thing because I always ask that when I come into somebody's life that. I make it better. I come alongside them. And, you know, whenever I share my story or speak on a call, I expect people to leave different than they arrived. And that's always my intention. Like I, I literally, even before we got on this podcast, I just prayed that, you know, the words that need to be shared are shared that um, you hear and the audience hears what they need to hear and that they take action in it, that they know that everything that they've survived so far in their life, they've survived up until today and they're going to survive all of these terrible events that happen. And anything that we're going through is temporary. We're not alone that there's somebody else, even just you recognizing that we have a lot of similarities in our story. We have a lot of similarities and things that, you know, we've gone through and I'm just, I'm constantly reminded that I'm where I need to be. You know, it's, it's moments like that where you shared, um, you know, the similarities and it's like, I know that, God's putting me in these people's lives, your life and, and everybody else's for a reason and with a purpose. And, you know, one of the biggest reminders I had too, and I want to share this with you because you said that about your, 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 your stepdaughter. And um, so I had, I had already navigated it, right. You know, she was taken from uh, our, our family, let's say uh, November of 2015. And, you know, I was through process at that time. I had already lost 130 pounds. Um, I was talking to my now new wife that I have. I met her through network marketing. I, we're in the same company together. Um, Love and yeah, and I was at an event in Indianapolis, Indiana in 2018. And I was a keynote speaker at the event. Um, I'm speaking on stage in front of 28,000, 30,000 people in attendance. Plus we were live broadcast across, uh, you know, four countries at the time. And I'll never forget. We, we, we went to rehearsals and everything was, was great. You know, I had just met, met my wife for the first time. We weren't married yet. Um, we were, we were just dating and courting at the time. She had basically told me everything possible for me to not pursue her. <laughs> I, I didn't listen. I knew God dropped her in my life for a reason, Good for um, you. I, you know, and, and, and I was, I was accepting of whatever reason that was, but, um, I knew that I was not leaving without her part of my life. And I remember doing the rehearsals and they didn't, play everything that was happening at the rehearsals because you know they didn't want any of the announcements to leak or anything like that because of course you know it's a company event it's our our yearly event it's the biggest event that we had at the time and I wasn't prepared for what was about to happen when we were there scheduling the real thing so I'm, I'm out back 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm with the super trainers for our company. Um, a lot of people know Sean T. He's, he does the insanity workouts yeah, and, um, you know, he does uh, the size and the dance workouts. He's got a new dance workout coming out next month. And Sean T was actually, um, the trainer that I first worked with when I started losing, uh, weight at home. His, his program T25 was the first program I did. So I'm out back with Sean. I'm, I'm cordial with all these people. They've known me for years. You know, I'm a big, I'm a big component of, of our company and I work closely with corporate, hence why they asked me to speak as a keynote and share my story. And, you know, our CEO is out there and it's like the middle of the event. Um, and he's sharing an upcoming thing that's coming out and he's sharing a flavor of our, you know, dense superfood nutrition. It was a limited time, um, thing that was coming out in the fall and, before he announced it, um, I'm sitting backstage now, quick backstory. My stepdaughter, she loved to sing. So, you know, she was like my princess. We did a lot of things together. We would sing in the car together. I would sing all the Miley Cyrus songs and all the, <laughs> you know, the, the kids bop songs with oh. her. I bought her an iPod when, when they had like first started becoming popular so that she could listen to music and, you know, just sing her heart out. And I used to tell her, she, she didn't know who the Spice Girls were, right? Like that, that was like my generation right. growing up. And so, <laughs> so I, I told her that she was like one of the Spice Girls. I'm like, oh, you're one of the Spice Girls. And I, and I used to call her Pumpkin. So I started calling her Pumpkin Spice. Oh. And that was her nickname for, for eight years was Pumpkin Spice. And that was what I called her. I called her Pumpkin Spice. I, I was, hey, Pumpkin Spice, come here for a minute. Like, that was her nickname, right? Love it. So I'm out back. I'm sitting with Shanti. I'm sitting with um, another trainer, Chris Downing, that, that was working with our company for a while. And the CEO and all of the board members are there. And the CEO goes out and he sits down and he says, now announcing our limited time fall flavor of the, the vegan line that we have coming. Here it is. And it was pumpkin spice. <laughs> Iona, I literally lost my, like, I was in shambles. I'm backstage and I am literally in like a waterfall of tears. And I'm scheduled to go next. Oh my. And like, I had no idea that that was going to happen. And I am like sobbing. And like, they're freaking out. Like the producers, they're looking at me like, like this kid's having a nervous breakdown. Like he's not going to be able to, what are we going to do? And I remember I just like stopped and I closed my eyes. I put my hands over my face and I just took a deep breath. And I just remember like doing like a breathing exercise and I'm inhaling and I'm counting and I'm exhaling. And I, and I finally come to, and I look up and, and one of the, um, one of the directors of marketing walks over and he's like, you good dude. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I said, I just, I wasn't ready for that. And I'll share it with you another time. And he's like, all right. He's like, you good. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm really good. And the CEO came off and then, you know, they announced me and I came out on stage and I'll never forget. I didn't have a teleprompter. There was, it was just me and one of our senior directors on, on stage. And, he just guided me through the story and I'll never forget 
the the standing ovation and 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 the laughter because I'm a fun person. I, yes, I you are. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, you know, I, I I know how I know how to work a crowd a bit, <laughs> and uh, they were concerned at first because I was, you know, unfiltered with profanity before. Uh, I've I've learned to curb that because you know that's that's not what God intends for me to do because you know, it's not shareable to, to be sharing somebody that has such impactful and powerful words if they are laced with F-bombs. Um, so for, in order for me to get my message out there better, I just, I learned to speak more eloquently and more intentional with my words so that I'm shareable. But I'll never forget that, Iona, uh, you know, the pumpkin spice, the moment, the, the breakthrough, but it was it was my sign. It was God showing me that I was where I needed to be and that he was there. He, he had me, you know? Yeah. And it, and it was just, it was incredible. It was incredible. You are right where you're supposed to be, Craig. You really are. And 100%. It just, it's just amazing just to, you know, I'm honored just to be here, you know, and to share space with you and to watch all the things that God is doing in your life. And, you know, I just see so many amazing things to come for you. Um, it is just everyone who has been a part, you know, of the past few weeks of you and I sharing on Clubhouse and, you know, in our in our Clubhouse room. And uh, I know we didn't really get into a lot of that. We, I really want to bring you back on the show. We got because we have so much to talk about. We, we can't get it all done in, in one hour. Right. But uh, <laughs> there's so this much. I want to share. <laughs> this is part one. Right. Part one. Can't wait to have you back. You're 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 the best, too. You really are. But uh, and, you know, I'm glad we're talking about, you know, personal development. And and first of all, let me just say congratulations. Like you spoke in front of 28,000 yeah. people. Like, dude, really? Are you serious? Yeah. That is that's amazing. my passion. That's my passion. I I literally just want to travel and speak. I, I want to, I want to someday, you know, uh grace the stage of, you know, maybe not a TEDx, but you know, other events, not just for my company, but other companies to teach people because, you know, it's, it's not, there is no difference in it. It's we're human beings and, you know, success transgresses across all companies, all walks of life, all genders, all races, colors, and creeds. It's we, success is not um, exclusive to one area, you know, so I definitely like want to speak more and and be a part of more events. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you right now, if you ever like begin like coaching people on speaking, sign me up (laughs) because (laughs) I, I, I love the way you speak. Um, and I see you speaking on so many stages, thousands of people. I mean, a hundred X times the 28,000 that you, that you were speaking in front of. I see you speaking in, in front of so many more people just sharing your story because it's truly amazing. And I'm just, I'm just excited. I really am. I'm happy for you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, we're we're going to wrap up here. I have a couple more questions I want to ask Craig. So this one Absolutely. is this, I want to ask, who do you need to become now? in order to reach your, your next goal? You know, I have four sons and something that really weighs on me and keeps me grounded and keeps me humble and in humility is 
knowing that I lead by example. And, and, you know, I, I say that wholeheartedly because like for me growing up, like for an example, real quick, um, you know, my dad was a smoker. My dad smoked cigarettes and he always told us, I don't want to catch you kids smoking cigarettes. And I'm the oldest of three. And you know what? Every single one of us held a cigarette in our hand at one point, um, even though our father told us not to. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not a smoker now and, and things of that need, but I know that if I lead by example, if, if I show my boys how I treat my wife, if I show them, you know, how I am as a father, if I, if I show them how I treat other people, if I, if I show them how compassion and communication and, and being able to share emotions and, and not have that toxic masculinity and, and, and show them that it's okay to be upset. It's okay to not be okay. And they don't have to suck it up. They don't have to rub dirt on it. Um, I want my boys to be able to recognize that being a man is so much more than just being masculine and being like tough and, and, and gruff. Like you can be soft and emotional and still be a man. You can, you can be a strong emotional man, you know? So um, for me right now, what I want to do is I literally just want to be better today than I was yesterday. And I want to be better tomorrow, God willing, that I'm granted another day to be better than I am today. And I do that by just being grateful for all that I have, all that I am and where I'm at. And knowing that while I have the capability of controlling the things that I can, I can grow in other areas. I always want to remain a student and learn. I don't know everything. I don't claim to know everything. And, you know, I always tell people, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Absolutely. So, you know, I want to, I just, I always want to be learning and growing, Iona. I want to be a student. That's, <laughs> That's where I want to be. That's I just really want to be a student. Yeah. I was, you know, I was going to ask, you know, like as far as personal growth is concerned, you know, like, cause we're, we know it's incredibly important, you know, to constantly move ourselves forward. And, um, you know, yeah. so I was going to ask, you know, how much time do you spend, you know, working on yourself and coaching yourself? But I know, I mean, you already coach yourself and just listening to you, you know, talk mm. about your sons and, you know, what you want to, to, sh- to show them so they can aspire to be like you and to have that character, I just think is so important. So if you can, like, can you share, like, how much time do you spend working on yourself? Because it's so important. As, as much as possible. And, and even then, I still feel like I could do more. I mean, we are our own worst critics, right? Um, I always feel like I could spend more time in the word with God, I could spend more time on personal development. Um, but what I do is, is I don't beat myself up. If I don't, um, I give myself grace where I can, but at the end of the day, time, time is, uh, it's all relative. Okay. When people say that they don't have time to read a book or they don't have time to work on themselves or, or do self care, it's not time that we lack. We all have the same amount of time in our day. What we lack is we lack priorities and direction. And when I share that with people, they usually get really upset and hurt about it. And they're like, but, but my kids, they, they have uh, extracurricular stuff after school and I work and I blah, 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 blah. And I say, well, yeah, but you know, you're caught up with the bachelor, aren't you? And they're like, well, well, yeah, that's, that's what I watch. And I'm like, well, then your priorities are a little screwed up because if, if you're not doing some type of growth in your life to be a better person and you think that watching Cobra Kai on Netflix is going to get you there, then, 
I'm sorry, but it's not. And, and for me, I'm in a place right now where I try to create more than I consume. And I know that that's just words to a lot of people. But at the end of the day, you know, reading books or listening to audiobooks changes the game for me. And I, and I know that you, um, you had asked me earlier, you wanted to ask me, you know, a couple of good resources or, or books that have changed. Yeah, the game actually, I'm me. actually getting ready to ask you that right now. <laughs> I felt it. We're, that we're so connected that we can finish we each other's moments. Um, you know, I always tell people, and, and before I give you the books, I, I want people to understand this. Personal development is just that it's personal. And, you know, my team, when they ask me, oh, what should I read? I always tell them this, I have this analogy and it's, you know, it's fun. We laugh about it. I tell them, you know, you can borrow my underwear and my boxers may be comfortable. They may fit you, but that doesn't mean that you want to wear them. Right. (laughs) So, so the books that have changed my life might not be the best for you, but I can always recommend them and then you could feel it out and see how it works. So, um, you know, there are a couple of authors that I, that I really love and, to touch on what you were saying, like, I have coaches too. I have mentors. We all do. You, I feel like everybody should have one. Even like the, the biggest mentors that you see out there, the Grant Cardones and the Tony Robbins, you know, and Brenda Burchards, all these people. Oh yeah, they Eric have coaches Gordon. too. Yeah. Yeah, they have coaches too. You know, Jim Rohn, all these people, right? And um, successful people, they surround themselves with other successful people. They all learn Absolutely. from each other. Um, one of the people that I learned from his name is Tommy Baker. He's a, he's a great guy. He's, he's based in Arizona. Um, but he recently released a book, um, called the leap of your life and, you know, shameless plug. I'm actually one of the featured stories in that book. Okay. But when the book came out, I didn't expect it to have the impact it had on me. You know, I was like, Oh, I was all gung-ho you know I was part of this book launch and you know it's there's a bunch of people that are featured in the book it's a bunch of people that um they have unique stories where they took a leap and you know if you've listened to this far into the podcast you know I took a leap yes I basically leaped in my life and the the section of the book where where I'm in is just such a powerful section. But Leap of Your Life is a great book. But he also had uh, another book. Um, he, he's got several. He's got the the one percent rule, um, which helped me business wise. Um, and and the book Unresolution was his first book. And I read that after I started my journey, and it was so serendipitous because. I, I didn't make a resolution that year. That was the first year that I didn't make a promise to myself that I intended to break. Mm. That was the first year that I had the unresolution. So reading the book and going through and navigating the process of not making a resolution was, was powerful. And then I just connected with him. He released the 1% rule, which was, you know, the next thing that really helped transgress my business and helped me focus on the actionable items that helped me move 1% to move the needle 1% forward each day. Um, And then, you know, Leap of Your Life came out. But another book that I read is by an author named Jay Nixon, um, who he's in the fitness industry like I am. I befriended him on social media. Um, he actually sent me the book because he heard my story. And when I read the book, I was like, wow, so that's why. And, and the book is called The Overweight Mind. Um, 
the overweight mind. And okay. yeah, and, and tell us the authors again me, for those who didn't catch it before. The authors. Yep, Jay Nixon, the overweight mind, and the author of the other three books. His name is Tommy Baker, and uh, you, you can they're Googleable. You can find them. They're on social yes. media. Um, Amazon. Thrive Forever. On Amazon. Yes. Yep. Amazon. Thrive Forever Fitness is Jay Nixon. Um, and resist average Academy is, is Tommy Baker. Um, they both have, you know, podcasts as well and, and shows and stuff, but, um, he sent me that book and I read it and I was like, man, that's how I overcame it because it basically just kind of drops the, the things that nobody ever really talks about, about having an overweight mindset and navigating and getting through it because it explains why we yo-yo diet it explains like all the different things. But um, yeah, definitely those books and those authors have been a big piece of my transformation and my journey. Wow. They sound like game changers for sure. Absolutely. Good stuff. Well, I am just delighted that you and I have had a chance to have this conversation. And, you know, if you can just, you know, maybe share like what's some of the best advice or best business advice you've ever received and, and who gave it to you? Um, there's, there's advice that I've been giving to people and I don't know where I got it other than the school of hard knocks, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'm sure, I'm sure it's, you know, in all of our personal development that, that we do, it's almost like regurgitated stuff. Right. But I always tell people that when you hear something, if, if you internalize it, regardless of who said it, it becomes yours. Absolutely. And, and for me, some of the advice that I've been giving to people recently is, and I've been talking about this for the past couple of weeks is, is people that overthink things and, you know, they have this fear of judgment and they're just afraid and they're afraid of things that happened to them in their past happening again, or they're afraid of things that haven't even happened yet, which prevent them from doing anything. And it's like, you can't live like that. And it's, it all boils down to judgment, Iona. And Fear of judgment and validation from other people um, makes us overthink things that we do, like sharing our story, like you shared earlier, you know, being apprehensive of sharing, being scared, being scared of what people may think of us or being scared of how people may perceive us for the things that we went through, good, bad, or indifferent. And what I tell people is this, is you're going to be judged for the rest of your life, no matter what. People are going to judge you no matter what you're doing. Um, no matter what's going on. So let people judge you for things that make you happy. Let them judge you on your happiness. Let them judge you for things that um, fill your cup, that fill your bank account, that feed your children. Like who cares what other people think? People's opinion of you are not facts. At the end of the day, we are all individual human beings, all trying to go through life and live happier, healthier lives. And if we let the fear of judgment prevent us from living out our dreams and our goals, overthinking will squash them. Overthinking kills more dreams than failure ever will. Mm. Come on now, you're preaching. (laughs) (laughs) Powerful, powerful. You are just amazing. My brother, my friend, I'm just so happy right now. I have one last question for you. One last question. So God forbid, right? But if you lost 
everything, Craig, what would you do to get back up again? Start. I'd do it all over again. The hardest part is starting. You know, I always tell people that motivation is BS. It, It is complete BS. You don't need to be motivated. You don't need to be. There are people less capable than I am doing more than me every single day. There are people less fortunate than I am that are happier and healthier. There are people that have less availability of the things that I have available who are doing more. And I just say, start. And we all start somewhere. And the hardest part is starting. I think that people are too afraid to start their journey because they're afraid they're going to fail. And I say, fail, fail, fail hard, fail fast. fast. Yeah. You know, when, when you fail, that's when you learn our entire life is not made up of mistakes. There's no such thing as a mistake. Everything in our life is a lesson and our life. If we, if we think about it like school, right. And we think about life as lessons, just like school. If you don't pass a test, you either retake the test or retake the grade. It's the same thing with your life. Like You see people that go from bad relationship to bad relationship and they never learn. And it's like, well, because you haven't passed the test, girl, you haven't done the work. Like if you don't want to be there, then you can't put yourself there. And, you know, because I work with a lot of people in their relationships because, you know, I've obviously I'm remarried now. Um, My relationship is founded with a biblical backing and and a moral compass and integrity and a lot of different things. It doesn't mean that it's perfect. I work every single day. My wife works on it. I work on it. Um, But I work with a lot of people that ask me relationship advice while we're doing, you know, fitness and health coaching. Mm -hmm. And they're always like, oh, there's no good guys out there. Blah, 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 blah. Same thing. There's no good women out there. (laughs) Guys do the same thing, right? Yes. And I, and I always say, well, you know, let's, let's unpack it a little bit. Let's, let's talk about it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Explain to me what you do in your life, right? And what kind of man or woman you want in your life. And they're like, well, you know, I want somebody that's responsible, that has a job, that treats me good and respects me. And they go down the line and they, they, they talk about their perfect match. And then, and then I hit them with it. <laughs> I, say, I, I know it's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I say to them, I go, okay, what is it that you're doing in your life to emulate the person that that person would desire to be with? Mm, that's good. <laughs> and they stop and, and I'll be on a video chat and I always get this blank stare on their face. And I say, do you walk around like you should be respected? Do you treat yourself with dignity? Do you respect yourself? Because if you don't respect yourself, nobody else is going to. And and then I ask them, I say, you know, outside of all of the uh, material and physical things, but it's like, if you have material and physical things in your soulmate attribute, are you working on yourself? Are you eating healthy? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you Are you working and making your body the best body that you can have to walk through life? You have one body that carries you through all of this. If you want to have this dream person, this this soulmate that you talk about, are you walking out the actions necessary for you to emulate the person that they would want to be with? And none of them can ever say that they are. So that's where we start the work. And, you know, I I always have... um, you know, thank, thankfully through my wife, my my wife has blessed me with being able to walk out um, how to help the women I coach. 
um, in their relationships. She has books that she recommends for them. And one of those books is called Uninvited. Ooh, and good. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, Unin- Uninvited is an extremely great book um, that really helps with, with, you know, figuring out yourself and, and, and working on those relationships. But more importantly is the kingdom series um, by Tony Evans. Um, and love they, Tony, they have, love Pastor Tony. Love him. I, I, I love Tony. I'm actually, I'm going to see his son on the 24th of April at a, at a men's conference here in Oklahoma. Oh um, and awesome. I'm, ex, I'm excited, but the Tony Evans has a series called the, the, the kingdom series. I call it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that it's called that, but it's kingdom man. It's a book for men on how to be a kingdom man. There's kingdom woman Mm. for a book to, you know, how to be a kingdom woman, you know, in your, and then there's kingdom marriage for couples to read together. Wow. But more importantly, there is kingdom single and kingdom single outlines and maps out all of the things necessary for you to live out your life the way God intended you to do so for you to be okay with being single for you to to walk it out to bring in the person that you deserve so it's it's very powerful wow okay so i am taking some notes now this is really good because i want to bless <laughs> with some of those books i really do and, and if you can't tell me uninvited who's that by real quick honestly i'm not sure entirely but let me let me look that way we have it recorded because if not um what i can do is you know i'll, I'll look it up and because i'm going to share all this in the show notes anyway so for those who are listening i'll be sure to put the authors the titles of those books uh and everything inside of the show notes um so so it's it's by um lissa so uninvited is living loved when you feel less than left out and lonely and it's a book by lissa turkhurst L-Y-S-A-T-E-R-K-E-U-R-S-T. Got it. And the book is Uninvited. Okay. Wow. Well, Craig, I'm just so happy to have had this time with you. And, you know, before we go, can you give our listeners one last parting piece of advice? Go after your dreams. Don't leave your dreams stuck in a box labeled someday, because if you do, you're never going to get there. There is no such thing as a day named someday. There is, there is Monday through Sunday and someday isn't one of them. Wow. And on that note, we're done. (laughs) It has been my absolute pleasure to have you here on Success Talkers Podcast. And for all of you who are listening and tuned in, thank you so much for tuning in. And remember to keep stalking, keep stalking your dreams, keep stalking success. You can follow Craig at unfilteredlifecoach.com and also on Instagram at unfilteredlifecoach. And until our next episode, remember to keep stalking success. See you next week.